0: And today's episode is going to be all about the power of creating a cozy and calm birthing space. So, whether you're planning to become pregnant, you are pregnant, you work with pregnant clients, this episode is going to give you a lot of insight into things maybe you hadn't thought about before when it comes to that atmosphere. Because so often we think about, you know, labor positions or maybe what our partner can do. But we don't always think about actually the atmosphere of when we're laboring and how that can really affect our labor itself. So what you want to think about is creating that cozy environment. So a lot of times I'll have my physio clients or those in bump to birth think about how do you create a cozy environment at home? And usually that would be in the evening. And Think about the lighting you would have at home. You know, would you have bright lights at home? Would you have dim lights? Would you have just lamps on? Um, At the time of recording this podcast, we're into the new year. So after the holiday season, a lot of times people are already in that kind of cozy ambiance mode or you just were in it. So think about kind of creating that atmosphere. And what I find helpful to break it down is I'm going to talk about our different senses because that's really how we relax day to day. You know, we think of relaxing through what we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we touch. And so those are the four senses that I'm going to go through today and give you some key ideas of what you can think about when it comes to your labor space. I also want to mention before we get started that this is for whether you're planning a home birth, hospital birth, or a birth center birth. When you're having a home birth, it naturally can feel more cozy because it's the environment you're in the most. And you want to take that feeling, that home feeling, if you are planning a hospital or birth center birth, You want to take that feeling with you, essentially. And this is going to help your nervous system. And I'm going to go into that. Um, But also, I want you to keep in mind, if you are planning a home birth, I still want you to think about creating this environment in case you were to transfer to a hospital. Depending on how long you've been listening to the podcast, if you've heard my um, birth story, especially my second, I gave birth to him. Um, While we were in the midst of recording the podcast, I had my first birth before we started the podcast, Um, but I had two planned home births. But with both, I very much had the idea that if I were to transfer, kind of having birth preferences and creating that atmosphere, if we were to transfer to the hospital. So I just want you to keep that in mind because sometimes I know those who are thinking of having a home birth or a birth center. And if you get really focused on that and you don't think about the other possibilities that could come up, then sometimes that can create stress in the moment because you've had this whole vision and this idea for this one location for your birth and that might change. So it can actually decrease your stress by planning for those other options because if they were to happen, it's like you've already got preferences, you already have an idea of how to kind of transfer the atmosphere as much as you can to that other location. So with what I'm going to mention today, it can be really helpful to write this down. So if you're driving, obviously, you're not going to be writing it down. So I want you to come back to this. Um, But with my physio clients and those in Bump to Birth, my online program, I provide a one-page birth preference uh, template. And I mention it being one page because it makes it a lot easier for you to be specific about what's actually important to you. It makes it easier to communicate with your partner or if you're having a doula or any family or friends there. And it also makes it easier to communicate with your birth team. So I encourage you think about creating a one page um, birth preference Template or list, and because if you if you go online, if you go on Pinterest, you will easily find many five-page birth plans, and it's one of those things. It makes it harder for you to figure out, you know, what actually you're preferring, um, and it can be harder to communicate with others. So I wanted to bring that up off the top. So let's dive in to those four senses I talked about. So number one, we're going to talk about sight. So what do you visually, or what could you visually do or see in your space, in your laboring space that could help your nervous system stay more on the relaxation side? So with our nervous system, there's the fight or flight or freeze response. And that typically comes up when we're in a stressful situation. The other side of our nervous system is the rest and relaxation and digestion side of our nervous system. And in labor, if we can help and support our body to be in more in that rest and relaxation side, so essentially help to ride the wave of a surge or a contraction versus fight it, it actually can help your labor progress and help you stay focused on one surge, one contraction at a time versus getting way ahead of yourself and it can help with the intensity of what you're feeling. So that's why we're going to go through these four senses. Um and again, everyone's going to be different. So I might make some suggestions and you might think like, "Ah, that's not that's not really me." That's totally okay. That is the benefit of creating your own list and your own preferences because everyone isn't going to be the same. Just as everyone's not necessarily going to choose the same Type of care provider. Not everyone's going to choose the same birth location. And that's totally okay. You want to really listen to what your instincts, what your intuition is telling you, and go with that. So, creating that visual calming space. So, I mentioned earlier about lighting, it can make such a big difference. So, almost think of that deer in a headlight situation. That's very much a freeze response. And that's what our body does as well. So bright lights almost puts your nervous system on a bit of an alert. Now, day to day, maybe if let's say you're going into work and it's bright lights, like that's not necessarily going to happen. But in this situation where it's it's a very, you know, instinctual, um, can feel vulnerable kind of event that your body is going through. Dimmer lights can really help your nervous system go to that rest and relaxation side. So again, at home, if you have, if you can dim your lights, if you can just use lamps, you could actually use candles at home as well. You typically can't if you're going to a hospital, and depending on the birth center, they may or may not. Um, but you can use twinkle lights. You can also use those electric candles which can create that similar light. I know I've had some clients use a salt lamp to give that uh, that type of light. So that's what I want you to think about. What creates cozy lighting for you? And then I want you to jot that down and, again, talk to your partner. Anyone else who will be supporting at your birth, talking to your birth team. And also, I mean, at your home, you can essentially do whatever you want in terms of that I always say if you're thinking again hospital birth or birth center birth but also going back to if you're thinking of a home birth still ask the questions in terms of um, the hospital if you were to transfer the one you'd be going to ask questions around what can you bring into the room I know where I am here, the hospital is fantastic. Like they are very open to so many things. Candles would be one that you can't because it's a fire hazard, which would be for most places. Um, but some of the other senses we're going to go through, um, you'll find there sometimes are options and not every facility is able to accommodate those or has it available. So again, ask in terms of, you know, bringing in different lighting, that type of thing, but most are pretty open to it. Another thing to think about visually is not so much at home. Not many people have large clocks at home. We actually do here. And I realized during um, my second birth with my son in our home, uh, I did have the big clock. I never looked at it once. It never crossed my mind. But it is something that can affect you during labor because time can be a bit of a head game. So five minutes can feel like five hours and five hours can feel like five minutes. So the best thing to do is just not have time or a clock be visible to you. So oftentimes in hospital room, there will be a large clock on the wall. And I know here, the nurses are fantastic. The midwives, the doctors, like they're totally fine if you cover it. Um, and so that that could be a suggestion for you is having your partner. And I always say this is a partner job. This is should not all be on you. The one going through labor is with a hospital setting and potentially with the birth center too, this may come up, is just asking if you can get a sheet or a towel, something to cover the clock so that you're not focusing on it. Another key thing that could be helpful for vision is some people really like having an eye mask Um, and not everyone does. This is why this this can be a very individual thing. So some people like an eye mask like a sleep mask because especially in an environment like hospital or birth center and there may be more people coming in and out. Um, There may be other people in another room giving birth like it's a different setting. And so sometimes having that eye mask on just really helps you go internal, helps you stay focused on your breathing, focused on what your intuition is saying in the moment. Um, So some people really like that. Others don't. Other people find if they, you know, if you can't see anything, then that might be stressful. So it's a very individual thing, but something to consider. And I, I find whenever I bring it up to my clients, many are like, I never actually thought about that. So potentially bring an eye mask. Another help with the eye mask sometimes is actually postpartum. Because with if you're staying in a hospital, depending on how long you're staying for it, that actually might help you get some sleep. So you may actually pack it more for postpartum versus labor, but Something to think about. So, next, let's go to sound. So, what could you listen to that could help your body go into that rest and relaxation and that calming state? So, one can be nature sounds. So, whether it's rain, ocean waves, you know, birds, everyone's a little bit different. And usually, I find when I mention that. Uh, to my clients or those in bump to birth get to that section and it's usually a pretty quick like that's for sure me or like that's not my thing so something to think about um, also music so everyone has different preferences when it comes to music you want to think of what is relaxing to you um, having two playlists can be helpful So one more of a chill playlist and one more of an upbeat playlist could be helpful. Have them ready to go. And with any of these uh, sound suggestions, the key thing is your partner knowing what your preference is with any of them. Can they access them? Because again, if you're in the midst of labor, you don't want to have to think about, I need to put my password in my phone and then I need to scroll and I need to find this playlist. Like, This is something you delegate to them, to your partner, so that you don't have to think twice about it and they can just, you know, pull it. You might say what what you prefer in the moment if you want music or nature sounds or meditation, but have it be their job to find it um, and put it on. And then also the other thing to think about is headphones. So, at home obviously you can play things out loud that's no problem you still may want to have headphones at home if you just really want to go internal again and this can be also early labor so for any of these if you're planning a hospital birth you will be laboring at home most often unless again induction there can be other reasons why you're already at the hospital but the idea of if you're having early labor at home all these things at home still apply so Headphones can be helpful um, because they just, they help you go internal, but they also block out other sounds, right? Like if you have noise-canceling headphones, that can be helpful. Also in the hospital, sometimes you want to just go internal again, putting those on, kind of block out other sounds, I also find headphones is kind of a universal sign of don't talk to me. So, even if you're just like, I don't want to hear anything, but I also just don't want anyone asking me questions right now. I just want to go into my own headspace and just focus on my breathing or whatever you're choosing to use to move through surges and contractions, um, headphones can be a great option. Another thing that you could consider listening to are or is a birth meditation or birth affirmations. And this, you know, you may have heard of hypnobirthing. So this can be one type of meditation affirmation. There's various tracks. Um, in my Bump to Birth Method online program, there is one that I included there as well. And that specific one actually has cues for the flower bloom breath. Um, you may be familiar. That's the cue that I use with clients and in Bump to Birth to remind you to use your breath to relax the pelvic floor, which is very helpful in labor and for pushing. Um, So that specific one, um, because I couldn't find one that actually included any sort of, you know, cueing for that. And for my clients and those in bump to birth, you've practiced that like so many times by the time you get to labor. So having a birth meditation specifically that has affirmations like my baby is coming closer to me, my body is doing this, I can do this. And there's also those um, gentle reminders about the flower bloom and connecting back to your breath. But there are so many online, there's many apps you can get as well. And just my suggestion is find ones that are specific to birth. And what's key with this is not just listening to a birth meditation while you're in labor. While that is helpful and can help you connect to that relaxation, it actually can be more effective if you listen in pregnancy. So finding a time where your body body will be naturally more relaxed, so essentially going to sleep, it can actually help you fall asleep, especially in pregnancy if you're having issues falling asleep or if you're waking up in the middle of the night, putting it back on can help you go to sleep. If you're looking for birth stories to listen to, uh, Jen, who is on the podcast, she went through my Bumped Birth Method online program, and she used the meditation from the program quite a bit. It helped her stay asleep throughout the night. She didn't get up to pee all the time. And then she used it as well on her drive from from her home to the hospital to keep her very calm. So that's another, another place you can use it is actually if you're driving again to a hospital or birth center whatever birth meditation or if you have a number of tracks that you connect with playing those in the car can actually help you again stay more calm and focused on your breathing to get you to wherever you're going to give birth so those would be suggestions of what to listen to so a birth meditation or affirmation Uh, nature sounds, music, potentially two playlists. So a chill playlist and an upbeat playlist. Another thing to think about is some people, kind of like the eye mask, some people like silence. So you might think of earplugs that kind of go along with the eye mask of just kind of blocking everything out. So earplugs, again, are very individual because some people find, you know, having earplugs in, you kind of can hear your own heartbeat, you may hear yourself breathing and some find that more stressful than relaxing, whereas others actually find that quite relaxing. So think about that one, see if that's something you may want, and then be sure you pack those in your bag or have them ready for home. And what you want to think about as well is you won't actually know what your body's going to want until you're in labor. And that's why it can be helpful to have a few different options prepared. And then you'll just see what you actually want rather than if you don't prepare with any options and then you're in labor and then you wish you had a playlist or you're hearing other sounds with wherever you're giving birth and they're creating stress or you're just not able to tune into your breathing and to move through contractions. It's harder to then you know, find those or have your partner start to, you know, scroll through online to find something, it would be less stressful for both of you to have things prepared. And if you don't use them, that's totally fine, but at least they're there. For my two births, I had a music playlist and then I had um, birth meditations prepared. And with my first, I actually went back and forth. I would play the music playlist for a bit. And then I would listen to, um, it was like a hypnobirthing meditation, um, because the one I hadn't bumped to birth didn't exist yet. So this was one that really it connected for me. And so I went back and forth. Whereas with my second, I had prepared again, music and meditation, birth meditation. But when I was in it, I remember all I wanted to do was play the birth meditation affirmation just over and over. I listened to one song And then I was like, no, switch it back. So then I had, I just listened to the same, the same two tracks over and over for that labor. My second one was precipitous. It was very fast. Um, Active labor was under three hours. So I listened to those over and over and don't, not everyone thinks about this, but I think some people do in terms of, you know, what are other people going to think? Is that going to be annoying for others? And As the one giving birth, it should be all about you. So do not think twice if you're playing the same thing over and over. Like it just doesn't matter. Because in the end, you're the one giving birth. And the purpose of anyone who is there is to support you in that process. So have a few options prepared. See what your body wants. So next, let's go into the sense of smell. So a lot of times people think of you know what what could that really entail and i find mostly it's around you know aromatherapy or essential oils that help you stay relaxed or it could be a scented lotion or it could you know everyone's a little bit different i've had some clients who i haven't really used essential oils but maybe there's a certain candle when they light it at home, and they're just like, "Oh, I just always love that scent." Um, so, again, think you know individually what you know scent that you prefer. Um, if you do use essential oils, you may want to have some ready uh, for home or packed in your bag. And this is one of those questions that can be helpful to ask your care provider. Because I would say most hospital environments are usually scent free, but I've had a number of clients be told here by their care provider that they could totally have a diffuser. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with essential oils, essentially that's like a, it's a very tiny kind of machine that you can plug in um, and put essential oils in. And it just kind of sends that scent throughout the air in the space, typically in that room. Um And so you never know, you might be able to bring that. I find though it can depend on who the staff are when you're actually in labor, because if someone does have a sensitivity, then obviously you won't be able to use it. So some other options can be if you can have a roller be made, or if you do that yourself, or you could put a bit of the essential oil on a damp face cloth and just have that you know, near you or putting it under your nose. There's so many different ways you can incorporate it. I know some facilities are fine if you end up having a tub, like a birth tub, and then you could add oils or scents to the tub. Some are fine with that, some are not. So everyone's a little bit different. And some, I know I've had some expecting moms who just like, they're, Smell to them just doesn't really mean anything. They're like, there's nothing to really find relaxing. So that's totally fine. You could totally skip this one. Um, there's a lot of other options in the other ones we'll talk about. It's very interesting though. They have looked at lavender when it comes to research uh, when it, during birth. And it's actually been shown to be more relaxing that the moms who were in that study compared to the control they found that they were actually felt more relaxed and calm with using that. Um, And I used lavender with both of my labors. And I remember, especially with my first, the midwives were like, when they walked in, they were like, this is just, it's so lovely. It's like, they even felt relaxed with it too. And so it can have an effect on other people. Obviously check if anyone has any sensitivity, but if they don't, others may actually find it relaxing as well. And there's a number of different scents you may want. So some other relaxing ones I know other, um, other expecting moms have found helpful would be like eucalyptus, um, any of those like lavender, but also any of the like floral scents tend to be more on the relaxing side. Um, peppermint sometimes can be helpful for nausea and also some sort of citrus in case, you know, if you're really relaxed, which is great in labor, but sometimes if you're wanting to bring up your energy, so different citrus um, scents can help with that. So something to think about. Talk to your um, support team, but then also just check where you're planning to give birth. Um, what options may be around around smell, or if there are any rules around that for sensitivity. Now, the last one we're going to talk about is the sense of touch, and there's a few things we're going to go through with this so one is physically what you're touching so whether it's blankets whether it's pillows and i know some find it helpful to bring their own pillow and this actually kind of goes a little bit with scent and touch so you may not realize it but your pillow at home your pillowcase the type of pillow you you have at home is very individual to you so if you're going to another environment like a birth center or hospital and it just may not feel, again, going back to that cozy environment with whatever is available. So bringing your own because it also has your scent, um, which to your nervous system can help with relaxation. So that could be helpful. I know some people do bring a blanket if they find one that they particularly love and is very, you know, relaxing to have at home. That can be an option too. Um but another thing is actually around water. So they've studied water as well for labor. It can be very effective with helping uh, with relaxation during labor. Um, and so that could either be a tub or a shower. So another great question to ask if you if you don't already know the answer is where you're planning to get birth. Are there birth tubs available? Are there showers available? Are there rooms Like, for example, the hospital in the city where I live, every room has a tub or a shower. So there is always a water option. Whereas I know other facilities, some have one, like have a tub or shower and other rooms don't have any. So this is helpful to know ahead of time, just so again, you know what your potential options are. And kind of another layer to that is if you can see a picture, um, if you can have a tour, um, if there's any videos of a typical room uh, where you would give birth, it's just helpful because for example, the tubs here, I know a lot of times expecting moms think of, oh, a birth tub and it must be this kind of big jacuzzi kind of lounging tub. And the tubs here aren't necessarily like that. They, They have a little door on them. So you get in without water and then they close the door they fill it up and then they tip it back so you're kind of sitting up and then it tips back so you can really only get into one position kind of reclined and depending how tall you are the water will go up to like for example for me i'm five nine so it would go up to kind of my mid rib cage so it's not like it's you're going to be fully Kind of immersed in it as much as you want to be, or be able to go into hands and knees or different positions. And so, even just knowing that ahead of time, again, will give you ideas of what options are available. And then, with the shower, the showers here are nice big, kind of walk in showers. You can actually bring the birth ball in. So, you could sit um, on the ball, you can kneel over the ball, you could stand and lean against the back wall. And the shower what can often feel great is having the shower head positioned so that the water goes on your sacrum so that's essentially on your very low back like basically between your two um two sides of your pelvis at the very bottom is your sacrum so having that uh, firm water pressure in there can feel great so that's a nice option with the shower so just knowing again different options that can be available um, at home obviously you know what's available And at home, in terms of a tub, you may want to consider renting or depending if your midwives provide it, like a a birth tub versus your bathtub. Because if you're, if you want to be on hands and knees in different positions, often a typical bathtub isn't as deep unless you have a really natural deep tub. Um, But also kneeling on it, on that hard tub, isn't necessarily the most comfortable. I know I loved having it was the uh, birth pool in a box um, for I rented it from a doula where we I first gave birth in Toronto. Um, And then when I gave birth here in Peterborough, it was fantastic. The midwives actually rented out that same exact type of tub. So I got it both times. I rave about it. It was fantastic, super comfortable. Um, So if you're planning a home birth, I would recommend looking into um, renting a tub for your home. Now, another thing when it comes to touch is what your partner can do to help with the intensity of contraction. So double hip squeeze is one option. I know with a podcast, a bit, bit hard because there's no visual with it, but essentially they are putting firm pressure on either side of your pelvis and pressing inwards can feel fantastic. And this would be during a contraction and then hands off in between. Sacral pressure is another option. So that's a firm pressure on that sacrum that I talked about earlier. So uh, very low on the pelvis, like your low back area, putting firm pressure during a contraction. And then also acupressure. So acupressure are the same points as acupuncture. Acupuncture, though, you use needles. And acupressure, you're using pressure from your thumb and your forefinger, like the pads of your fingers. And so your partner can learn different um, spots. They can apply pressure during a contraction, which again can be helpful. So those are three I go over with my physio clients, but also in Bump to Birth. Um, In the Partner Labor Prep Workshop in Bump to Birth, I go through these in detail so that you can practice them. Um, And so these are some key strategies around touch that can be helpful. And to practice, especially the double hip squeeze and sacral pressure, practice them in pregnancy um, before you get into labor, because it can increase your partner's confidence. If, you know, in terms of having them know how to do the pressure and that it feels actually helpful to you is fantastic, because that will also increase your confidence going into birth and that will decrease your stress going into labor as well. So it's really a win-win if you practice those ahead of time. And those are a couple of the, the options around touch. So we talked about double hip squeeze, sacral pressure, acupressure, also the option of tub or shower. So checking in where you're planning to give birth. And then also, you know, blankets, pillows, things that you'll actually touch in terms of could you bring something with you where you're planning to give birth that will feel more cozy and very kind of home environment. So those are the four different senses that I wanted to go through. So lots of different options around that. So make sure you write those down. And another part of creating that cozy and calm environment is really your support team. So that can be partner. That can be if you're having a doula. um, If you're not familiar with what a doula is or how a doula can be helpful, I recently did a podcast with a fantastic doula from West coast here in Canada. So check that one out. Um, we talked about both birth doula support and postpartum doula support. It's a fantastic episode for both you and your partner to listen to. Um, and then also your medical teams. So the care provider you choose to have can make a difference as well. And where you're planning to give birth. And I know there can be different, uh, you know medical reasons of why you choose certain um certain locations and so it's just one of those things that when you think about ahead of time think about where you'll feel the most at home where you'll feel personally the most safe the most comfortable and then you know choosing your team around that as well but i know sometimes people do want to have a home birth and there's medical reasons why having a hospital birth is something that'll be more supportive to them so really kind of taking all of those uh kind of parts of your support system into account and knowing with what i talked about today you can really bring all those pieces into a hospital as well to create that cozy and calm environment now with a lot of the options i mentioned today they can really seem physical kind of around the physical prep. But I want you to keep in mind, it's actually a lot to do with the mental prep. It is physical, like what you're touching would be physical. But going back to that idea with the nervous system, it is really around that mental prep. The more that you're able to release and surrender into a surge or a contraction, the more you can do that and stay in the moment it actually can really help with your labor progress and the intensity of labor as well. So let's do a quick recap of those four. So we talked about sight, so potentially dimming the lights, candles, covering the clock so you're not aware of time, uh, an eye mask. We talked about sound, so meditation, nature sounds, music, different types of playlists, uh, earplugs, having headphones available in terms of smell, thinking whether aromatherapy or essential oils or other um, lotions or other ways to bring scent that you find relaxing into your labor space. And then lastly, we talked about touch. So that could be um, tactile elements, so like blankets or pillows, but also what your partner could do or doula could do, hip squeezes, sacral pressure, acupressure, and water as well. So hope today's episode was helpful for you and I really encourage you write the different options down. Take some time to think about them, communicate them with your partner, your support team, your birth team, and this can make a big difference in your upcoming birth. So thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, I love hearing from you over on Instagram. So you can always uh, check in with me and Jess at Two Birth and Beyond Podcasts. You can also find me at Holistic Health Physio on Instagram as well. And if you haven't left a review yet on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and you enjoyed today's podcast or any of our past ones, we really are very grateful if you could leave one for us. So I will see you in the next episode.